Hello and welcome to the LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm Rebecca, your host today, and I'm here with Amy Stewart, the Vice President of Curriculum Development for AADNS. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm excited to be here today. Amy, we know that CMS recently posted the early release of the MDS 3.0 RAI Manual, version 1.17, which is set to go into effect on October 1, 2019. What new information is included in this version? Rebecca, that's a great question. CMS has issued an early release of the MDS 3.0 RAI Manual due to stakeholder feedback. It contains many updates, including information related to the patient-driven payment model, otherwise known as PDPM. CMS is also stressing that this is an early release, which means that there could be additional updates to the final posting that will be made available closer to October 1st of 2019. At the end of the manual, CMS provided a section that tracks all of the changes with the exception of Chapter 2, and Chapter 6. Chapter 2 received a major overhaul and became much shorter because it deals with the required assessments which have decreased in the number due to PDPM. And there are a variety of changes that happened in Chapter 3 and I just want to highlight a few of those bigger changes for our listeners. In Section A, the identification information The changes include a big reduction in the number of PPS assessment options on the actual item set. The addition of the interim payment assessment has been added, and the definition of an interrupted stay has been added to Section A. Under Section C, Cognitive Patterns, because a PDPM cognitive level is utilized in the speech-language pathology payment component of PDPM, The assessment of resident cognition with the BIMS or staff assessment for mental status is a requirement for all PPS assessments. As such, only in the case of the PPS assessments, staff may complete the staff assessment for mental status for an interviewable resident when the resident is unexpectedly discharged from a Part A stay prior to the completion of the BIMS. It is important to note this only pertains to Medicare Part A. Then we move to Section D, Mood. The items about safety notification that are on the MDS currently have been removed for the October 1st release. So they're removed from the MDS. But it's important to note that even though those items have been removed, the need for follow-up is critical if a resident provides some indication that they're thinking about self-harm. Then we move to section GG, functional abilities and goals. A few of the changes include added language about the new interim payment assessment. And then there's also a decision tree that has been added to the REI manual to help code section GG. There is also new information on coding car transfers. So be sure to check that out as well. Moving on to Section I, Active Diagnoses. The Active Diagnoses item has been revised slightly, and the option for other medical conditions has been removed. Now, under Section J, Health Conditions, there are a fair number of changes here, including the new item, J2100, Recent Surgery Requiring Active Sniff 
care. This pertains to Medicare Part A residents only. And if the response to that question is yes, then you're going to proceed to J2300 through J5000, which lists a bunch of surgeries that could have preceded the resident's Medicare Part A admission and that may affect a resident's recovery in the SNF. The section is then divided into major surgery categories, including major joint replacement, spinal surgery, orthopedic surgery, neurologic surgery, cardiopulmonary surgery, genitourinary surgery, and other major surgery with lots of examples added to the REI manual for this specific item. Moving on to section K, swallowing and nutrition status, there were some minimal changes, so be sure to check those out. I want to move on to section O, special treatments, procedures, and programs. A couple of the changes to highlight there, respite care was removed from the item set. Also item O0425, Part A therapies was added and is to be completed when A0310H is yes, indicating that this is a SNF PPS discharge. Now the purpose of this is to record the total number of minutes that a resident had for speech, occupational therapy, and physical therapy by mode, meaning individual, concurrent, or co-treatment, and the number of days that they were administered to the resident since the start date of the resident's most recent Medicare Part A stay. Related to this item is another new item, O0430, which is pertaining to the number of distinct calendar days of a Part A therapy stays since the start of this Medicare Part A stay. I also want to point out that just a really quick reminder, you know, we're going to be putting this on the MDS, the number of days and minutes. And just the reminder is that in order to be skilled for therapy under PDPM, the, the skilled requirements for therapy have not changed. You still need to have therapy involved five days a week, and that would be a minimum of 15 minutes a day. Then I want to move on to some of the more significant changes that come in Chapter 6 under the Medicare Skilled Nursing Facility Prospective Payment System section. This chapter contains almost all new language about PDPM and that I also want to point out CMS is saying that they're, they're warning us that more changes to Chapter 6 may be coming in the coming months when the final version of this is actually released. So don't forget to review the REI manual for all of the coding changes. They're highlighted in red in the manual, so they are very easy to spot. But keeping in mind, Chapter 6 and Chapter 2 have big changes. Chapter 2 shrunk. Chapter 6 has all of the new requirements to get a payment classification under the new PDPM system. Thank you for highlighting those changes, Amy. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Onboarding a new MDS coordinator or a new DON? Let ANAC and AADNS help. We offer comprehensive online training programs developed specifically for the new MDS coordinator or the new DON. Learn more about ANAC MDS Essentials at anac.org backslash education and more about AADNS DNS Fundamentals at aadns.org dash ltc.org backslash education. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Amy Stewart on CMS's early release of the REI manual updates. Can you tell us more about what the early released REI manual says regarding PDPM? 
Absolutely, Rebecca. There are five case mix adjusted components, which include physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech language pathology, nursing, and then the non-therapy ancillaries or NTA. PDPM will calculate a payment based upon the unique characteristics of each resident. A PDPM calculation worksheet is provided by CMS in Chapter 6 under the Section 6.6. .6. The worksheet provides language to assist clinical staff in understanding this new system. So what does the PDPM calculation worksheet tell us? Great question, Rebecca. Each resident is classified into only one group for each of the five case mix adjusted components. A resident will be classified into one PT, one OT, and one speech and language pathology uh, component, and then one nursing and one NTA group, which is based on the MDS data for that specific component. So to summarize the groups, there are 12 speech language pathology groups, 16 for PT and OT, 25 for nursing, and six NTA groups that a resident may be assigned to. Residents will be classified into a separate group for each case mix adjusted component. There are three components that will have a variable per diem payment adjustment under PDPM. So the rates for OT and PT and NTA will change over the course of the resident's stay. For the NTA component, facilities will receive a higher dollar amount for the first three days of the resident's stay. In contrast, the rate for the PT and OT component will decrease over the course of the resident's stay starting with day 21 and will continue to decrease for the remainder of the stay. All of the case mix components are then added to a non-case mix component to equal a resident's per diem rate. You've certainly given listeners a lot to think about, Amy. How can nurse leaders prepare for these changes? I'm really glad you asked that, Rebecca. It is going to be more important now than ever before to have accurate and complete documentation. In a case mix adjusted payment system, the amount of reimbursement to the nursing home is based on the, on the resource intensity of the resident as measured by the items on the MDS. The requirement for accuracy of the documentation has increased exponentially. Here are some quick tips to help nurse leaders succeed. First, ensure that the person who is responsible for MDS completion has the knowledge, skill set, and tools necessary to do the job. If they're not confident in proper coding, especially ICD-10 coding, get them education as soon as possible. In addition, AADNS and ANAC have a variety of resources available to help, like the PDPM Virtual Workshop and the brand new ICD-10 Virtual Workshop. Next, ensure that the team members, including therapists and restorative nursing program coordinators, understand the changes to the case mix adjusted PDPM per diem rate and how they contribute to this rate. Lastly, educate your teams about the importance of accurate and complete documentation and ensure compliance by conducting audits routinely. Thank you so much, Amy, for this great information. For our listeners, as Amy mentioned, AADNS has a variety of resources available and new resources are being added frequently to support members. Learn more at www.aadns-ltc.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode.